Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Joining us from the line, a very strange individual who's probably got one of the most unique careers um, and strangest careers and does the strangest things with their mouth. Uh, it will tell you a little bit more about that now. Di Andrews, uh, sir, thanks very much for coming on the show this evening. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Um, how would you describe what you do? Uh, I have been traveling the world for, I don't know, about 25 years or so, uh, learning different mind-over-body techniques from different performers and uh, uh, people who've passed down these traditions over the years, and I collect them and talk about the history and present them all together in a performance to audiences around the world. And what do you like to do with swords? I like to swallow swords, <laughs> and I like to fight with swords. Really, I, uh, I just like swords. You mean swallow as in the whole way down your throat? All the way down, yep, bottom of the stomach. What? I've never, obviously, swallowed anything similar to that. But even like, <laughs> even when I had to do, this is a bit weird, but I was stopped and breathalyzed here in Ireland. Um, and they, they asked you to put th- this like thing in your mouth to blow on. And you kind of have to put it in where you nearly feel it. You, no, you don't. You do. Well, that's what he was saying to me anyway. So I was trying to blow it. But even at that, <laughs> you, you do gag. I, uh, I worry you've been had. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have. I don't know. But I definitely, uh, I don't think I'd be able to, to put a sword down there. Well, it's uh, it's definitely an unusual sensation until you grow accustomed to it. Uh, it takes uh, a lot of practice for that to happen, for sure. What kind of size or length of the swords are the ones that you're swallowing? Uh, about 24 inches. Not sure what's the what's the metric conversion. I'm not positive. <laughs> so like two old school school rulers anyway, large yeah. school rulers down. Um, and I saw recently as well that you. I know you've um, you've held and broken some world records, which you might talk about as well. But what was the story with the curved sword? Oh well, uh, I uh, I guess I've developed a reputation over the years for swallowing curved swords. It's always been a specialty of mine. Um, the I was not the first person to swallow a curved sword by any means. I actually uh, traded the secret for swallowing curved swords for swallowing serpentine swords uh, with another performer many, many years ago, uh, actually while while living in Ireland, in uh, in Galway, as a matter of fact, in the, in the late 90s. Um, and then I took what he taught me, which was how to swallow swords with curves of about 30 to 40 degrees, and I just took that kind of as far as I could 
good. And so in the maybe late 90s, I guess maybe early 2000s, around 2000, I swallowed a sword that was curved 90 degrees, which was just way more than anyone else had ever done before. Uh, as far as I know, even looking back, uh, no one had done a sword nearly so curved as that. Uh, of course, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And uh, I had other performers once, of course, they saw that such a thing was even possible. Uh, instantly, I had a number of imitators, one of which who even went on a major television show and said he was the only one in the world who did it. But oh, despite all that fact, right? Yeah, really terrible. Said he was my friend, too, which was the worst. Oh, lovely, uh, an extra kick in the balls <laughs> while you're down, yeah. Right, but uh, the only thing to do is keep going and get better, so I decided to push it a little bit further, and then I broke my own world record in 2012 by swallowing a sword 120 degrees. Like, do you get enjoyment out of this? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's. Uh, I love doing the show. Uh, uh, performing for people and getting to entertain people and make them laugh is just one of the most enjoyable things that you could do. Do I enjoy the physical sensation of swallowing the sword? Not so much, but it doesn't bother me either. And have you ever had anything go wrong? Uh, many times. Uh, knock on wood, nothing too serious. You know, over uh, over a lifetime, all kinds of things can happen. Um, I, uh, I once scratched my throat up while filming a documentary for the Discovery Channel because I was swallowing a sword with a camera about the size of my pinky finger taped to it. And of course, you know, we needed to do it two times, three times, four times. And so I battered myself up a little bit doing that. And I've had some scratches, but uh, thankfully they've all been very minor and I've been very lucky. Others have not necessarily gotten off so easy and a number of people have injured themselves very seriously or even died from the practice. I mean, yeah, it looks really dangerous. So, you know, if you're listening right now and you're trying to kind of imagine what the sword with that kind of bend in it, it just looks like a sword, but it's just severely curved out to the right, just like a half circle of a yeah. sword nearly. And I'm looking at it kind of going, where and how are you able to put that down your throat without completely slicing yourself open? Uh, well, the swords are, are typically pointed, but they're not razor sharp. Uh, and so uh, what I do is uh, extremely difficult, but does not deny the laws of physics. And so uh, I won't lie to you and say that there's a, a razor sharp edge on the blade. But it is real and solid. It doesn't collapse into the handle or retract in any way. Yeah. Uh, and the danger is very, very real. But you'd probably have to, like, curve your back out a little bit, would you? Oh. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a process of uh, first, the sword itself has been custom made, uh, in this case by me, to the shape of my own body. Oh. And then as I swallow the sword, I slowly curve my body as it's going in. You can see video of this uh, on my YouTube page, which you can get to through my website at swordswallower.com uh, and see the video for yourself, including x-rays and things. Uh, but basically, yeah, the process involves curving my body as the sword is entering until when it's all the way in, I'm curved, you know, 90 or 120 degrees around, um, really just bent over uh, sideways to the maximum before, again, as I remove the sword, I uncurl my body simultaneously. When or I suppose, how long did it take you to figure out that you could do that? Uh, anywhere from a couple of months to a couple of years. Uh, I had a teacher. Um, his name was Dobbs the Danger Guy. Interesting guy. Disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, a long story there. Um, but uh, before he did that, uh, he taught me how to swallow swords. And 
uh, after a couple of weeks, I could swallow a sword. I could physically put the thing down inside of myself, but no one on earth would ever want to watch that sort of exhibition. It was filled with all kinds of unpleasant noises and weird faces. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, after a couple of years of doing it, I can do it with a smile on my face, swallow the sword halfway, hold it there with my epiglottis, let go, let it drop in all by itself. Shoot it up into the air with one finger, spin around and catch it and make a nice bow and smile for the people. And uh, and you'd never know that anything unpleasant had happened to me. So uh, it's all a question of uh, uh, what level of skill you're looking for, I guess. <laughs> I'd say your parents didn't think that you were going to do this for a living when you were older. Uh, th- th- that is true. This was uh, uh, this was never their first choice for me, uh, to be sure. <laughs> do you ever like nearly get sick when you're putting the sword down? Because surely you got that um, gag reflex. Yeah, uh, it definitely happens, uh, especially in the beginning when you're first learning. Uh, that kind of thing can be can be difficult over the years. Uh, you just learn how to suppress it. That's a large part of the learning process. Um, much like with uh, a more traditional medical biofeedback, where you can learn to control your heart rate or lower your pulse uh, just by thinking about it and relaxing. Just about any muscle function can, with enough practice and guidance, be made voluntary. And so I'm able to sort of take voluntary control over my gag reflex so that it doesn't gag me. And that's essentially uh, my uh, quote-unquote secret, uh, other than uh, knowing how to sort of navigate everything and get all the insides into a perfect and straight line. Or a curved line, depending on the shape of the sword, I suppose. Do you have to do this on an empty stomach? Like, I'm sure you can feel it going down into your stomach at some point. Oh, you definitely can. Uh, The gag reflex, it's interesting to discover, doesn't end at the back of your throat, but continues all the way down. Uh, so there's that. But uh, it, it doesn't matter uh, for me. Uh, some Everybody's a little different. Uh, it doesn't seem that there's a hard and fast rule when it comes to sword swallowers. I know sword swallowers that absolutely cannot swallow swords with any food in their stomach, as you suggested, and they want to do it on an empty stomach. I know other sword swallowers that can't do it on an empty stomach and they need to have eaten something recently. Uh, that doesn't really tend to affect me. Um, One interesting story that I had uh, related to that, however, I was uh, performing many, many years ago. Uh, This is really when I was like just starting out. I was 18 years old. I bought a one-way plane ticket to Europe and was working at a busker in Barcelona. And I'm cleaning up the swords after the show. And I notice on one of the swords that there's this like reddish brown stuff dried on the end of one of the swords. And I start to worry because my Spanish isn't really that good and my Catalan is even worse. And I'm trying to figure out how I would even explain to somebody what I had done to myself. Uh, uh, and, 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 and in, in the United States, we call emergency services with 911. But what is that number in Spain? And all of these things are like rushing through my head and I'm starting to freak out. And all of a sudden, I realized in a moment of clarity that that is chocolate on the end of the sword because I was drinking hot chocolate before the show and my teacher had warned me that chocolate and peanut butter will both stick to the sword. Oh, that is God. disgusting. So I presume, now, this only reminds me of Jackass. I used to watch Jackass all the time on MTV and I used to do all these kind of weird things but 
what's your where are you going to go from here are you going to keep pushing yourself to do other strange things or are you just sticking to swords uh, well uh, I'm always looking for new and exciting and strange things and uh, I even have some new and exciting and strange things to do with swords coming up uh, and so um, always always something else uh, a new way to challenge yourself on the horizon and uh, a goal to try and just keep growing as an individual and as a performer I take it you wouldn't recommend people try this on their own you definitely need to have a, a, a mentor a sword swallowing mentor with you i would certainly recommend it i would certainly recommend it i i, I don't recommend it for anybody uh, it can kill you uh, but uh, if it is something uh, that you wish to pursue i strongly recommend uh, that you learn how to uh, uh, from someone who's qualified and my teacher uh, and what he really impressed on me um, with these arts is that they're uh, their uniqueness is very important. It's very important to pass them on to people who will appreciate them uh, the way that they deserve. And so he made me audition for him, not just uh, to see if I wanted to learn these tricks, but he wanted to see what kind of performer I was, right, and he yeah. wanted to help me develop as an artist. And so personally, I would have a real interest in only teaching someone else who wanted to really uh, uh, appreciate it and not just... Uh, uh, turn it into a party trick or something like that. Yeah. Um, Whip it out on a Friday night and yeah, go, hey, what's going on? Don't like, think nah, it's man, for me. Not going to work. No. Um, there's a, a Street Performance World Championship over here in Dublin. Have you ever been? I, I have not. I was unaware that there was uh, even such a thing. Uh, it's been uh, a number of years since I've been a street performer, uh, but honestly, I've been thinking about it a lot recently and I really miss it. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, well, it's, it's every year. So listen, if you're ever over this neck of the woods again, more than welcome to pop in and who knows we might, uh, might get you signed up in the near future to the Street Performance World Championship, see how you get on. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I'd love to be a part of it. I, uh, I used to street perform in, uh, in Dublin in Temple Bar in the 90s. No way. Um, and uh, I have nothing but fond memories of my, uh, my performing days in Ireland. Oh, brilliant. Well, listen, Di, before we let you go, um, where can people see more of your uh, sword-swallowing work online? Uh, they can see me online at swordswallower.com. Very easy. Swordswallower.com. As I said, I won't be taking this up anytime soon, but um, <laughs> I do look forward to watching watching more of these videos. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Uh, I really appreciate your uh, your time and attention today. Uh, it's always exciting to know that there's uh, people out there actually paying attention. Uh, a performer without an audience is a lunatic in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I you can describe that. us most nights anyway. Yeah. Lunatics in the dark. Be a good show feature. Listen, Di, thanks for popping on. Ryan, I said, if you're ever over here, do pop in. Okay, thank Thank you so much, guys. FM 104's Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long.